There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to the Power Chord Hour podcast. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to your December 2021 rundown of the podcast. It is episode 85. Can't believe we're inching our way that much closer to episode 100 and cannot believe we are, I mean, we are really inching our way here to uh, 2022 which uh, just blows my damn mind. I feel like I say that all the time at the end of these, and I probably do, but I mean, goddamn. Uh, I don't know. I, I was never in a pandemic before last year, but uh, I, I don't think I would have ever thought that time would have flown by uh, so much the last two years. It just seems insane. I would have thought time would have dragged on, but uh, it seemed to do the opposite of it. We're at the end of another year, and uh, it is absolutely crazy. And this is about really... I don't know off the top of my head, uh, like the exact day, but I mean, we're basically at the two year anniversary now of the podcast because I did, I did like episode one, which is basically like just a quick intro. Um, I, if I remember correctly, it might even only be like 20 minutes long. I mean, honestly, you can look, it's on the podcast feed you're listening to this on. You can go back and look at episode one. I think it's like 20 minutes. I could be totally wrong, but I think it's like a quick intro. But anyways, that was like late December I know it was after Christmas it was like late December of 2019 going into 2020 I mean I I always kind of think of 2020 is really being when the podcast started I mean if you want to get technical it it started like I mean right now it's December 27th this one's coming out and it had to be around December 27th that the first one came out so that's insane. It's it's about two years of of the podcast, and uh, February I cannot remember, but mid February uh, will mark the sixth anniversary of the radio show. I mean that's that's just insane. It's crazy. But that is now what this episode is. You know, we're running down the uh, month, not me just going. That's fucking insane. As I uh, as I think about the concept of time and uh, how it moves. But, you know, had a had a pretty good uh, December overall. Hopefully your holidays have been great. You know, we still got a New Year's Eve here coming up. But uh, hopefully your Christmas, if you celebrate, was great. And just your holidays uh, all together have been rad. I uh, I had a pretty nice Christmas. I, uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I got some goodies uh, music-wise. I got Soul Asylums While You Were Out, as well as uh, Clam, Dip, Clam Dip and Other Delights as a nice uh, double package. They put that out. Omnivore uh, Records put that out in, uh, I think, 2018, maybe 2019. They uh, remastered and re-released the first, like, three, I think, Soul Asylum records and a bunch of, like, bonus tracks and stuff and just really well put together. Omnivore Recordings is uh, is a lot like Rhino, where and Omnivore will, like, put new stuff out, like our uh, recent guest of the show, Victor DiLorenzo, who, uh, original Violent Femmes drummer, um, he's about to put out next month his uh, his new band Night Crickets is putting out their debut record and that's coming out on Omnivore. So like Omnivore does put out new music, but they also like repress and re-release a lot of things, just like Rhino does, and uh, they do a really good job. They're a lot like Rhino, where I go, you know, a lot of times things can feel like a quick quick cash grab. You know, like it's something's just thrown together. Like yeah, let's throw some like bonus tracks on the end of this or some shitty demos. 
and like we'll just throw it on the end of this album and be like here's the like the 20th anniversary edition like they're really well put together like good liner notes and everything um on this one john worcester uh super chunk drummer who uh actually i got some super chunk for you later on in this episode but uh he wrote some really cool uh liner notes for that and uh just really really good stuff that album that album's great i mean i know i know i'm not saying anything new that album's been out for Longer than I've been alive. It's been out like 30-something years. I want to say like 1984 jumps out in my head. That might be right. Maybe a year or two later. Somewhere somewhere in the realm of the mid-80s, that third Soul Asylum record came out. But like they do not get enough credit. And I, I talk to people about this all the time. But like the thing with Soul Asylum that really is unfair, but it, it really is that like that credibility – you know, there's like the mainstream success and then there's the like getting the cult status and that like, I mean, really, it's maybe credibility more than success, but it's still success. It's just in a different way. You know, I mean, maybe maybe don't make so much money, but like the thing with it is, is like Soul Asylum, an amazing Minneapolis band. I mean, just an amazing band in general, but like really, I mean, a great catalog and everything. And they're one of those bands who I think had they not had that success in the uh, 90s. I think they'd be looked at more as like these like indie rock heroes like the replacements and Husker Du are. You know, I mean, Soul Asylum, if you're a real music lover and like, I mean, you're into like the mats and and Husker Du and everything, like, I think you know that Soul Asylum is much more than like, you know, just Runaway Train and Misery, which to be honest, I like those songs, but I mean, the genius of Dave Perner's songwriting goes way further than those songs and, uh, you know, are, are kind of overlooked by, I think, music fans in general or the mainstream in general but like you know if you're really into the music you might know it but like they're one of those bands who again like had they not had those hits had grave dancers union not sold millions of records in the 90s i think they would you know had, had they basically had like the career path of the replacements or who's do where it's like commercially they never sold really well but like people are still talking about them years later and i think the thing with soul asylum is like at this point and they're still around but like if the replacements play a show they're going to play to a much bigger crowd than Soul Asylum, even though, I mean, yeah, Soul Asylum has sold, I mean, just Grave Dancers Union alone has probably sold more records than all of the replacements records combined have sold. I mean, but at the same time, in 2021, if one of them was to go play a show, you know, Soul Asylum would probably go play like a small theater and, uh, you know, the replacements would play a pretty big theater, maybe even, uh, maybe not an arena, but uh, definitely a theater of a few thousand, whereas uh, Soul Asylum might play to about a thousand. And uh, and I mean, I say that with love. I love Soul Asylum, and I still do. And there's still, I gotta say, like, there's still great live. I know it's not the original lineup, but uh, Dave Perner has really good dudes playing with him, and uh, including Michael Bland. The uh, he's been their drummer for quite a while now too. Like he's honestly been in the band for I think like 15 years or something. But I mean, he played with Paul Westerberg and Prince. And uh, he's a powerhouse. He is. He's great. And I, I've seen Soul Asylum live a few times and uh, always Michael playing drums and just really, really good. And uh, yeah, like like I said, Dave, Dave and company still really good live, like still worth uh, going and seeing. And they, they, I think they play a nice like mix of their whole career. But I think they're just one of those bands where like they don't get enough credit. And even now, like, I mean, they're still going. And I mean, I don't think they play the the size places that they really should. You know, I I think they're still so great and such a great live band still. 
But, uh, you know, I think that's what happens is you get that mainstream success for a while. And if you don't prolong it, which is very hard to do, honestly, like, you know, it's nothing against Solosom. It's very hard for any band to continue that success for decades and decades. But, um, you know, I think when you do that, you also give up that. I mean, Nirvana's that, you know, Nirvana gets so many people into, you know, alt rock and like, you know, just punk rock and, you know, just just that whole realm. You know, I mean, you know, Nirvana is really that like gateway for a lot of people. But with that, you know, Nirvana also doesn't have that cool credibility. You know, I mean, really, it's like they're not the obscure. It's not this like obscure, cool thing to be like, yeah, never mind. like my favorite record. You know, you've probably never heard of it. Like, you know, I mean, people a lot of times obviously will go like, oh, yeah, like that record got me into music. But like, you know, Nirvana doesn't particularly get the uh, the cool factor that, you know, saying you like like Husker Du or something does. And uh, same thing with Soul Asylum, you know, I, I think had they broken up in the, uh, you know, in the early to mid 90s and uh, again, maybe even right before really had they broken up before Grave Dancers Union, like uh, had they had they put out and the horse they rode in on and then broke up. I think they would be like looked at as like these like pioneers and, uh, you know, just like these these like Minneapolis music staples and, uh, you know, and again, like they get love in the Twin Cities. I've seen them live up there. People still definitely uh, appreciate them. And, uh, you know, it's not to say that like Soul Asylum's totally forgotten. But again, it's like I think uh, I think Dave Perner's still writing really damn good songs. And I think that band deserves a lot more attention than they uh, get. But, you know, that that happens with mainstream. But uh, yeah, anyway, getting that record was very cool. That nice uh, that nice double hit there, because really that EP, too. Uh, if you've never heard it, which I always got to say, if you don't know Soul Asylum outside of the hits, go back and check them out. Definitely check out the old stuff, like the first few records, like the ones I'm talking about right now. Oh, my God, they're so good. I mean, if if you if you like like just any of that college rock, indie rock of the 80s, I mean, this is this is just beautiful. Like Soul Asylum to me is a punk band that had rhythm like and a lot of punk bands don't have rhythm. And they do like they're very rhythmic, like they have a groove to their music, like it's it's punk, but it's more talented. You know what I mean? Like they got a little more going on and you feel like they probably listen to more than just punk rock. You know, you don't you don't get the vibe that all they listen to is punk music. Like You can tell just like with, uh, you know, I know I keep saying the replacements, but it's an easy comparison. And, uh, you know, just like with them where it's like, yeah, there's punk in there, but you also realize that they're more, you know, they're smarter than just punk. Like there's so many more influences in there. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you've never heard really, I mean, their EP clam dip and other delights that, uh, is on this thing I got for Christmas, uh, is even a good starting point, uh, really, really good stuff on there and, uh, worth checking out. And then, I mean, even, even song wise, everyone kind of, I think soul asylum fans, like people, people who dig a little deeper, like as far as singles go, uh, cartoon off hang time is like such a good song. Like I, that is a go-to I would say on the radio show and I play soul asylum, a lot of times I'm uh, guilty of jumping right to that one, which not even guilty. It's a great damn song. But, uh, you know, a lot of times if I think about playing them, I, I feel like I jump to that one just because it's so good. But, you know, a band well worth going back and checking out if you've uh, overlooked over the years. But I uh, got a few books, got some autobiographies from George Clinton and Richie Ramone. I am uh, very excited to read both of those. 
And uh, speaking of which, just a few days ago here was uh, the 29th anniversary of Eddie Hazel's passing, uh, Funkadelic's guitar player. Uh, such a such an insane talent. Uh, another one who I've talked about a bunch on here, but uh, really good. Hopefully there's some uh, Eddie Hazel stories in the uh, George Clinton uh, memoir there. And that Richie Ramone one I'm really excited to uh, read when I uh, interviewed him back in July. If you go back and listen to it, uh, there were a few times and he's like, oh, yeah, like if you want to hear more about that, like go check out my book. So I'm like, I, I'm really interested because like I didn't realize like when I was talking to him, like he talked a, a li- like ve- like a little bit. And then he's like, oh, the rest of it's in my book, kind of like a tease to sell it, which I loved. I thought it was clever and, uh, and really funny, too. But, uh, you know, talking about like being a session drummer before the Ramones and stuff and like some really interesting influences. I didn't realize that that maybe he had. So uh, I'm excited to read both of those. I was really happy to uh, get those. And uh, as well, I did get not a lot of vinyl, but I did get one record and uh, international super hits. If you're going to get one record, might as well make it count. And uh, yeah, Green Day's Greatest Hits, which is really one of my all-time favorite greatest hits. And it's probably because that combined with American Idiot was like my introduction to Green Day. But like, it's such a good greatest hits. And like, really... It's not like as as far as sequencing goes, they don't do anything special. I mean, it goes chronologically. Like, there's a couple songs off Dookie, then a couple songs off Insomniac, then Nimrod, then Warning. Like, you know, and, the, and obviously in the beginning, you get the two unreleased tracks and uh, JAR, which uh, I mean, low key, one of the best, one of the best Green Day songs of all time. That that baseline rules. But uh, you know, nothing nothing super special in terms of. Like, you know, they don't really throw any curveballs minus those those unreleased songs, I guess. But like, it's just a great greatest hits. I guess I guess more than anything, it just shows the strength of uh, Green Day's early singles there. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great retrospective of like from Dookie to Warning, just that whole era, I think is a uh, I've always appreciated that. And again, like maybe it's a nostalgia but, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, greatest hits. I do like great, like, I think those are the best ones. And I'm trying, off the top of my head, there's not a lot. You know what? Violent Femmes added up. If I'm, unless, unless I'm wrong, I don't think that one goes in chronological order. I think that one is, like, sequenced in a way where, like, someone went through and, like, took the time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the same thing. There's a couple live cuts in there, a couple unreleased things. Those little weird, like, audio, like, I don't really know if you want to call them skits, but just little, like, audio pieces in between songs and stuff. Like, uh, you know, just really well put together. But, like, greatest hits like that and, uh, I guess, slash retrospective are always my favorite. But still, international super hits plus the, like, title and album cover are uh are just great i i've always loved that and you gotta love the uh accompanying uh dvd international uh super videos i believe if i'm remembering it correctly i have a copy at home somewhere but uh yeah that was another nice one so i got a couple goodies there for christmas i got some books i got some vinyl i got some cds only thing missing was uh, maybe a couple cassettes and eight tracks but uh it was a really good time and uh, yeah, you know, December, December has been pretty fun. It's just kind of been getting back into the show, you know, besides, besides, I guess, doing the November rundown last month, uh, this month was like the first real, you know, month back since, uh, since really taking November off basically. And most of October while being out West and, uh, it's been great, including doing the interviews, you know, having love breakers on the show. Um, I mentioned it when I had them on, but it's like, I, I've, I've been listening to primary colors since they released it back in June and uh, why I didn't have them on sooner is beyond me. 
But uh, great feedback from that one. And I had such a fun time talking to them. Like, so easy to talk to them. And I, w- I will say this, too. Like, as far as interviews go, like, and guests go, I love interviewing. Like, I mean, anyone who I love their music, I love to interview. But, like, when you interview newer bands, sometimes the problem that uh, I think you run into is trying to think of, like, more original questions because you just don't know so much about them. You know what I mean? Like there's less info. You've had less time to spend with their music. You know, there's, there's just, even if you're doing research or even as a fan, you know what I mean? Cause there's certain people, if I go interview someone who I've been a fan of for five or six years, I'm just going to have questions off the top of my head that I've probably had forever. Whereas like with newer bands, you know, you kind of, I feel like you don't want to fall on those generic questions that you hear in interviews, but you also kind of like want to try to think of original things. And I think the less you know, like, and again, same with that. It's like, well, you may not, you know, it doesn't mean that I know someone because I've been listening to them for years, but you do have that kind of thing where you, you at least know things about them or feel like you know them in a roundabout way. So I feel like when you interview kind of newer bands or bands you don't know as much about, like even if you're a fan of their music, sometimes it can be harder, not that you don't hit it off, but like that it can be hard to keep a really long interview going because there's just not as much to talk about as far as their music goes. You know, they might have one album out, so you don't have that body of work is, you know, when you interview like a Richie Ramone, who's been doing it for, you know, about like 40 years, I think you know, there's a lot to talk about there. You know, you can talk for out like literal hours. You could talk about their career. But uh, anyways, what I'm trying to say with that with Love Breakers is it was not the case with them. I mean, right away, uh, hit it off. Could have talked to them forever. Would definitely love to have Jack and Christian uh, back on as well as the rest of the guys too. would love to have the other two dudes on as well. But I uh, love talking to them. I mean, Primary Colors, you'll hear me yapping about it again on next week's episode when I go through my uh, top 10 records of 2021. I guess I spoil it a little there, but I think I said it on the uh, Love Breakers episode. Primary Colors is definitely in my, uh, but I won't tell you where it lands on the list, but it is definitely in my top 10 of the year. It's just such a great record, including for this month. You know, I mean, it's just, we're in that dreary fucking time of the year where it gets dark at like, you know, four thirty. There's been a couple times I went to go hiking, and it was kind of like a like a last minute thing because the weather was supposed to be really bad, and then it became like you know it was like noon or one o'clock, and it you know it really wasn't bad, and it ended up being like I mean when I say decent, please remember I live in Western New York. I mean, ninety minutes from Buffalo, New York. I live probably. 20 30 minutes from lake erie so i mean we get lake effect snow and all that stuff and uh you know so december around here when i say warmer or nicer i'm still talking like 40 degrees maybe 50 degrees but uh there's been a couple times where i'm like oh it's like you know 45 degrees and it's not snowing out and i mean it's a little muddy but whatever i'm gonna go hiking but like a real you know i mean you can still get like an hour in or so but like there's a place i like to go that's like a 30 minute drive out and like by the time i get out there and I try to get, you know, six miles in per, you know, about give or take probably six miles. It's flat, so it's more doable. But, like, you start doing it and you're like, well, shit, it's going to be dark at, like, 430. Like, I am in a race against time. Like, you're kind of leisurely strolling through because you're used to those summer months of, like, you know, it doesn't get pitch black until 10 o'clock. I mean, I can be in the woods for hours and not, you know, I don't have to get in the woods until, like, 4 or 5 and we'll still have, like, four hours to go hiking Whereas, uh, yeah, the last couple ones I get out there and I'm like, oh shit, I forget it's about to be dark and I, and I have to like rush back. I'm like, oh yeah, I better like get going. I don't have the time to like leisurely stroll through the woods, 
But, uh, you know, just, just being in that time with the snow and, you know, with it being so cold and it getting dark so early, uh, primary color is such a, like, summertime record that uh, it's been great to have, you know, during during these months and I'm sure the coming months as well because it ain't going to get any warmer here for a while. But besides Love Breakers being on the show, which is, was an absolute blast, I had my buddy Kyle Steven on. We had to have him on one more time before the end of the year. Um, he definitely wins. There's no real award here, but uh, if there was, he would definitely win the award of uh, being on the show the most this year. Uh, I think Joey Cobra might uh, be just behind him. But, uh, yeah, Kyle, I think, has been on. That'd be like number five or six. Probably like his fifth or sixth appearance um, this year on the show. But always a great time with him. And uh, we talked about plus 44 is when your heart stops beating, which just turned 15 here a little over a month ago. And uh, just a great record that just aged so well. And I think that's a topic that's going to come up soon on the show um, with a guest. I don't, Not next week's guest, but in a couple weeks here. Uh, just about albums that have like aged like a fine wine. Like they get better with time. And uh, I think this is one of them, you know, uh, when your heart stops beating. Like me and him were talking about it. It's like, you know, listening to it at like 14 or 15 years old and then listening to it. I'm 29 now. And Kyle, I think, is like. 32 33 maybe so like you know like we're we're both in that realm of around around the age that mark was when he like wrote that album and uh yeah i mean we just appreciate it more now but it's like it's an album that i think is just aged so just really really well and uh, it's kind of had me brainstorming lately like other albums that uh i think of age you know like albums that like i initially liked it's not so much an album that like has to grow on you per se like you could like it from the get-go but like you like it more and more as time goes on and not like a nostalgia thing, like a truly like you, you learn to appreciate it in ways that you couldn't or you just didn't in the past. You know, I, uh, I, I've been thinking of some and I, I told, I told, uh, an upcoming guest that I'm like, Hey, like this would be a fun thing to uh, do when you come on. So we'll probably do that. But, uh, yeah, those, those are my two this month. I, I know, uh, we kind of lost a week because I was supposed to have, what would it have been? No, I guess it would have been the week, I think, I think after Love Breakers, maybe. I can't remember now. I, no, no, no. I think it would have been the first week of December. Kyle was supposed to want to come on to do uh, When Your Heart Stops Beating. We had some technical difficulties, which uh, fucked it up. So then I'm not coming out until two weeks later. We really had to do it again. We did it almost for a second time because we ended up just talking for two hours the first time when my phone fucked up. But uh, And actually, I mean, I don't know what it will be like yet. But speaking of which, because I always bitch about those, uh, I guess it'd be the lightning adapter or whatever for the uh, aux cable. So when I do interviews, like to hook up my phone to the uh, soundboard, I use one of those adapters to go into my phone, and then it goes into an aux cord into uh, an RCA jack into the board. And uh, those things have crapped out on me a bunch of times, or I've just forgotten them. So I just bought a Bluetooth receiver uh, with some gift cards I got for Christmas, and uh, it has an RCA jack on there that I can hook up to the board. So we're going to try. I don't know. I'm a little – I've never tried it before. Like wireless Bluetooth, I I feel like I could see the audio maybe being compromised with that, maybe the audio not being as good. But, uh, you know, I'm going to test it out. We'll see how it goes. And if it goes well, 
it will uh then then me being me complaining about about my adapter uh starting to shit the bed before an interview will be a, a thing of the past and all i'll have to remember is that a bluetooth adapter it'll, it'll be another thing i have to remember but still it'll it'll be one less thing it, it'll be much it'll be much harder to screw up is what i'm trying to say so uh as long as all goes well we'll uh we'll hopefully be utilizing that uh, bluetooth receiver but uh, like I mentioned a second ago, like with albums aging like a fine wine and uh, and a guest coming on soon, I don't know why I was saying it like that, like I was like teasing or something. But uh, Joey Cobra will be coming on here in the next couple of days. Uh, the episode won't be, I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, until next year. But uh, like two weeks, I think like two weeks. I'm trying, I'm trying to do the math. Two or three weeks from now. But uh, we're gonna record it here in the WRFA studios. He's gonna come in. And uh, be sitting. I'm looking across the uh, across at the chair across from me in the studios right now at WRFA, and he'll be in here in a few days, right in that chair, uh, talking about a bunch of stuff. Uh, so far, we're going to be talking about kind of looking looking uh, in front and behind and like ahead, uh, talking about like our favorite music of 2021, and then talking about like our most anticipated stuff of 2022. Uh, we're going to talk about, like I said, albums that uh, we feel like have aged like a fine wine and uh, some other stuff, too. I'm still thinking of some uh, other things I want to discuss with him, but I'm really looking forward to it. He, uh, he's he been on a bunch, too. He he was on well, he was on twice this year. He was on once in 2020. And, I mean, I, in a way, he'll be on a third time this year, but you won't hear it until next year. But uh, that'll be his fourth appearance, and I always love having him on, and it's an it's an extra treat to have him on too because we can have him in studio, and uh, you know obviously can't do that with a lot of other bands. I want to have Macklehat Murphy, a great a great local band who, uh, if you listen to the radio show I've played on there, and if you go back and listen listen to uh, some of our playlists on Spotify, they definitely pop up on those. But uh, you know, just the pandemic and everything has made it uh, very difficult. But they put out a great record. Really, last year it wasn't even this year; it was last year. But I mean, I was talking to them about coming on, and it's just become, uh, you know, uh, there was restrictions for a while. You know, then I just forget. Then you start getting other guests. You know, I then you're, you know, I'm on break here. Then I'm doing this and that, and whatever. You know, it just happens. It's, it's the same with like albums. Like, there's bands who send me music, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna check that out. And then like two months go by before I check it out. I'm like, I didn't mean to do that. I just get, you know, you get busy with the show and people sending you stuff and, and all that, all that. It's not bad problems to have, but, uh, you know, you just kind of get like caught up in things and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, maybe, maybe listen to them right away. And, and actually that's the other thing too, with, uh, having Joey on and kind of talking about our favorite music of, uh, 2021 because, uh, you know, there's stuff I know that I'm going to tell him about that he missed and then stuff that he's going to tell me about that I missed. Um, one of them already actually being, cause I was just listening to it, uh, before I came in here to record this, but talk show host, a really good band on wiretap records, but they put out a record this year that like I meant to listen to for quite a while. Cause I like wiretap and I kept seeing the name and I'm like, all right, I got to give them a listen and just kind of went by the wayside. You know what I mean? Like again, nothing against the band, um, it just happens. More new music comes out. You know, I, I end up like over the summer, like, I think it was another one. I think that record came out in like June or something. And, uh, you know, I was out the second half of July and first half of August and, you know, I already had like three or four guests booked and everything. So it's like, 
your mind and then all the other new music comes out so it's like yeah your mind just goes other places and the bands you get you keep meaning to get around to you never do or you take a long time but uh one of the things joey sent me some of the bands he was into this year and uh that one popped up there that band popped up a few times on his playlist and i'm like all right i should uh you know i need to check them out and then uh today i finally did and uh their new record really really good i believe it is mid-century modern but uh, I really like it. I first listened through was uh, really enjoyable, and another great Canadian band. A lot of a lot of good music coming out of Canada this year. Um, I mean, the Dirty Nil being the gold standard, but a lot of rad bands, and I know a lot of good stuff coming up here in uh, in 2022 coming from Canadian bands. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited for that. But yeah, like you know things like that where like I miss that talk show host record. Now I'm like, oh my god, this thing's great. And uh, I'm going to play it next week. This is this is my last podcast for the year, but uh, our last episode is going to be of the radio show. I'm really excited. Um, is going to be it is on Friday nights and next Friday, if you're doing the math at home, is uh, New Year's Eve. So New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, doing the show, and we're going to do it special. Normally it's two hours, ten to midnight, but I got the okay from the good people here at uh, WRFA. Shout out Jason Sample. He said I could uh, go ten. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm closing out the year and ringing in a new one. I'll be broadcasting from 2021 to 2022 this Friday, and uh, just playing a shit ton. <laughs> there's n- there's not another word for it. A shit ton of music from uh, 2021. Just going through my favorite music of the year, and uh, I mean I have four hours for it. So I've been I've been formatting it and really figuring out like everything I want to do. But uh, I'm really excited. And uh, I'm going to be doing – it's cool on that too because I'm going to be able to do my, my top ten list like I will on here, but I'll be able to play the music. You know, I won't get I won't get flagged for copyright on YouTube and shit. So on there I can be like, oh, yeah, like I love so-and-so. You know, I love this record and then play a couple songs off of it. So I'm excited to do that. I'm really uh, – I will definitely play some, uh, some talk show host on there because they're really good and uh, a bunch of other stuff. I'm excited for that one, and uh, and we also we got lucky this year because I really I love the last two episodes of every year of the radio show um, because yeah the 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 first one being the holiday special where I play just a bunch of uh, punk and alternative holiday music, and then the next week is a bunch of music from that year. You know whatever year it is, I play the best. You know like my my top ten, and then a bunch of other stuff. And it's always fun, but this year was really fun because last week the episode fell on Christmas Eve. You know, our holiday episode fell on Christmas Eve into Christmas Day, and uh, this year our our end of the year episode falls on Christmas or New Year's Eve into New Year's Day, which uh, is rad. You know that that doesn't happen every year, and uh, I, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with it falling on that. So I was very stoked that I can do a four hour one here coming up. And I got to tell you. It was not hard to get to get the playlist around. I mean, it's it's all but done. The playlist. I might have a little time to you know if like I if I have an afterthought, I might have room for like one or two more songs. But like, I'm pretty I'm pretty much set for it, and uh, was not hard to fill four hours at all. And then you have to think like four hours, but then also I'm going to be talking and you know discussing albums and stuff, and then there's commercial breaks and uh, you know station IDs and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you take all that consideration It is not hard to fill four hours. I could easily do a four hour show every week. Like really, um, you know, during this pandemic going from an hour to two hours, I now look back at the, at doing an hour of the show and I'm like, that seems like nothing. Like, honestly, it's so funny doing, 
really both like doing the podcast as well as doing a two hour radio show every week. It feels like when I was doing an hour radio show, it was like nothing. Like it was just like, what was that? Like that took, that took no time, you know, including like, you know, I get much more interview heavy now because of thankfully for the podcast, you know, it really lights a fire under my, my ass to have more guests. But, you know, there are a lot of years of doing the radio show where, you know, truth be told, I only had a handful of guests throughout the year, maybe a guest every other month, you know, at a, basically about that. And, you know, I, I like look back on that now and I go, you know, a lot of weeks just doing like a one hour radio show where it was just me talking and spinning some music. And don't get me wrong, it was fucking loads of fun. It always has been. But it's like, wow, like that was that, that feels like nothing now. Whereas back then, you know, you still got to produce the show. That's still probably like 12 or 13 songs. And I got to like, you know, do show prep and get things around. Like it's still time consuming, but like nothing like now. Like now I'm like, oh my God, like that's nothing to produce a one hour radio show every week. But uh, yeah, doing the two hour one is, is like nothing. And I think doing four hours a week would uh, would probably be nothing as well. Now doing it daily might be a different thing, but once a week at four hours, I uh, I don't think would be a problem. It's it's really fun. I mean, doing the radio show, like I was just talking to Kyle about this too. Um, Kyle Kyle Steven, um, you know him, you love him. We were just talking about him doing the uh, plus forty four episode with me. But we were texting back and forth, and uh, I was just talking to him about like how I I feel fortunate like having the outlet of a radio show and a podcast because there's so many podcasts that like the way they're formatted. They just want to be a radio show so bad, but I think it ruined, like, I think podcasts are something different from radio shows. Like, obviously there's similarities, but I also think they should be looked at as different things. Like podcasts have more of a way, like, I don't think podcasts should be so formatted, like, you know, and and it's kind of ironic because like the monthly rundowns obviously have a format, you know, I, I bullshit for a while, then I talk about the new music for the month and I play a few songs and I do music news. Like, I mean, that's, that's literally the format. But, like, it's still kind of fast and loose, whereas, like, some shows have, like, they're just so, like, they, they have their segments, they're very formatted in a way where it's like, bro, I get, like, if you're a radio show, you have to do that. And you kind of get that when you start doing radio. It's like there's commercial breaks, there's station IDs, you know, there there's just different things you have to get to on a lot of stations. There's, there's you know, local news and weather every hour. Like, you know, depending on what you're doing, you kind of have to format it in that way because they are, it is cut in, in hour blocks, just like the power chord hour is. That's why it's, I mean, that's why our show is called the power chord hour. Cause it was originally a radio show. That was an hour long, you know, now it's two hours long and these podcasts are hardly ever just one hour. They're normally multiple hours as well. But, um, you know, like with radio, it, it makes sense, but some podcasts I'm like, you know, why is it so, like regimented in that way i'm like it should be so much more laid back i think podcasts than than uh, radio shows are and that's not to say uh i'm not trying to say it like like radio is bad for being formatted like i said i think both i think both are really good for what they are but you have to separate them and realize that they're two different things i mean yes they're the audio format and podcasts come out of of radio a hundred percent but, um, you know, I still think they're two different things. And I think a lot of podcasters make that mistake of, of doing their, their podcast too much like a radio show. But, uh, I was just talking to Kyle about that. I'm like, I, I'm happy I have both outlets. Cause it's like, you know, podcasts are really fun and it gets me to have guests on, but radio shows, like just doing the radio show, like four hours on new year's Eve, like 
that's so rad. Like, I'm so excited to do that and put the music together and really do that. Like, do segments and format it, you know, format it for four hours in a way that I wouldn't do the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, I would not put that amount of production in one. Of, and, and I don't know, it probably shows maybe the quality of these podcasts. You go, yeah, we can tell. But, uh, you know, yeah, I probably wouldn't put that much amount of production into a podcast because I just don't feel like it's necessary. I just don't feel like that's what the medium is about, you know. And maybe this will age horribly. Maybe I'll sell out in 2022 and uh, we'll just have a bunch of, of like really dumb segments and like, I don't, I don't know, just really it, – it's funny because I feel like I don't describe it well just like when I was talking about this with Kyle. But it's like in my head I know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about this, like how some podcasts are set up like a radio show. like, And, and some just honestly sound like they want it like – they just all they've ever listened to is NPR. Like they sound like they just have heard NPR and they make their show sound like it. Like they think that's they have to talk in this really monotone voice and stuff. And like I I I don't know. I I'll quit talking shit on that. But uh and I'm not talking shit on NPR. NPR is uh, great, but not not the not people doing a podcast who are trying to rip off what they hear on NPR, you know? You're you're not Terry Gross, bro. But um um, and I'm not trying to be that. I, I don't feel like this show is. Uh, I I don't know if if this show reminds you of uh, NPR. And I realize NPR is a station, not a show. But I mean, if this reminds you of any fine programming you'd hear on NPR, I'd be very surprised at that. But uh, I I don't know. I guess I guess art art, if you want to call this that, is a subjective. You know, podcasts are just are just a real work of art. But, uh, you know, it, it's been fun doing the show this month. It was fun uh, talking to Kyle about that. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to him about, like, topics for the next year because I love having him on. Him him as well as my buddy Zach who comes on quite a bit and might be on soon. I may have him on, um, like, within the next couple weeks for something cool. So uh, stay tuned for that. He might be on. But uh, hit me up at powercordhour at gmail.com. I would love to know like what albums or topics you would like me and Kyle to discuss. You know I mean? He, you, if you've heard the episodes with him, he's great to just have on and us bullshit about, you know, we go track by track through albums or just a topic and sit here for hours and discuss it. So, I mean, if, uh, you know, you enjoy those episodes that are just kind of the longer ones with just kind of two buddies talking, you know what I mean? They're basically on a Saturday evening, Saturday night. I give him a call and we just talk. We just bullshit for a couple hours. And I can tell you, normally, we bullshit like another couple hours after the mics are off. But, uh, you know, if you enjoy those episodes and you have any ideas for, like, albums or topics you think would uh, be great for me and Kyle to discuss, I would love to hear them. So uh, hit me up, powercordhour at uh, gmail.com. As uh, as I get ready for 2022, I've been getting... Uh, Hitting, hitting up new guests, thinking of uh, new ideas for the show and stuff. And, I mean, that's another one. I mean, if you have any ideas for the show or how, how we should grow it or where you would like the show to uh, grow to, you know, I would love to hear your input. You know, I definitely appreciate it. And if you're listening, I uh, definitely take your opinion seriously. So let me uh, let me know about that stuff. But, uh, anyways, we're going to keep moving along here in our December 2021 rundown and uh, a couple releases of the month, and I do mean a couple. I mean, December's really, we we are, I was going to say we're going into, but we're kind of in it now. The, the real kind of dead zone as far as music goes for like, uh, you know, for new things. December, 
December, I think things die down, and then I think things really start picking up like February and March, you know, really in March. But uh, January is another one where, like, you'll get some releases, but you're not going to get tons and tons. And uh, December is definitely that. So I just have a few for you. But uh, Grade 2 put out uh, an acoustic sessions called Graveyard Island Acoustic Sessions. And uh, it is a couple acoustic versions of songs off their 2019 record, Graveyard EP. And I got to tell you, I did not, I did not know about uh or graveyard island i should say graveyard island ep i did not know about that ep i heard the acoustic sessions first going wow i really like this and it's funny because i'm like this sounds like really i mean it kind of sounds and i'll play you something off the off the uh, ep here in a minute but it kind of sounds like violent femmes you know like acoustic punk and i'm like man i could hear this as full band and then i realized Oh, these are this is these are acoustic versions of an electric album from a few years ago. So uh, I got to go back and check that out. But it's really really good stuff, and uh, came out on Hellcat Records. And Tim Armstrong uh, produced it. it. I I think this one as well. He he produced their EP, the Graveyard Island EP. I think he might have uh, produced this one as well. Not entirely sure, but it is out on Hellcat as well. And you can, I think, when you hear them, you you can go like, oh yeah, like this totally totally fits on a Hellcat. Some really good oi punk for you. But uh, going going along with uh, Christmas music, Newfound Glory, uh, December's here, a new holiday album from the band, and they're one of those ones who have kind of kind of uh, put out different holiday songs throughout the year, so it makes sense. Another one, and a really cool one, Green Day just put out BBC Sessions, which is uh, various BBC performances from 1994 to 2001, basically through those uh, international super hits years, and uh, really, really good performances. I mean, they're they're one of those bands, if you've ever seen them live, you you know they're, uh, th- that's one of the strong suits of Green Day. They're really good live, and uh, these old ones just remind you that they've uh, always just been such a great band. You know, it's funny too because I've always loved Green Day, but like as I as I talk about like albums like aging like a fine wine, I feel like Green Day I've I've had a renaissance with the last year or so where like I go back and like and I, you know I think I've done it a few times throughout my years because just of how long I've been listening to them, but like the ups and downs are you listen to them a lot, then you don't listen to them for a while, then you listen to them a lot, but like I'm kind of having again lately where I like I, I you know I've always realized their importance to myself personally and just you know punk music in general, but like really listening to him again lately and going like including with the old shit being like oh my god like they really are like what a great band like no wonder they're a gateway for so many people and like no wonder they got they got as big as they did they they deserve all of it you know and uh, another one put out something new super chunk put out a brand new single endless summer off their uh, upcoming record coming out early next year which i'm very excited for i'll play uh, that single for you here in a minute a uh, new super chunk is always a good thing MC Lars put out a new one, Blockchain Planet. Nathan Gray of the band Boy Sets Fire just put out a new one, Rebel Songs. A uh, new compilation, Stars Rock Kill, which uh, is a Kill Rock Stars 30th anniversary comp. That one is coming out December 31st, so it might be out depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, Punchline put out, speaking of holiday music, a holiday EP called Holiday EP. And uh, it has a bunch of their classic holiday songs. And, I mean, just like Newfound, actually, no, they probably give Newfound Glory a run for their money. I think Punchline's probably put out more holiday songs. And there is a collection of them. And there is also a new song on there, which I will play for you right now. And uh, we'll keep it to one holiday song on here. 
but uh you know it's only a few days since christmas so i feel like we're still we're still in that holiday spirit so uh right now off the new holiday ep from punchline this is i won't let you down this christmas right here on the december 2021 rundown of the power court hour podcast
person down This place is a murder town It drags a person down Murder town, murder town, murder town Murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town I cancel my subscriptions I cancel my subscriptions To your way of strife To your way of strife This place is a murder town, it tracks a person down. Murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town. A unique situation, a unique situation where nowhere is a home, nowhere is a home. I'll call it liberation, I'll call it liberation. On the road, you're never alone. Town, it tracks a person down. This place is a murder town. It tracks a person down. Murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town, murder town. What's up? This is Joey Cobra, and you're listening to the Power Chord Hour.
here on the December 2021 rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast. That was Super Chunk with their latest single, Endless Summer. Before that was Grade 2 with the acoustic version of Murder Town off Graveyard Island Acoustic Sessions. And opening up that block of music was Punchline with a new one, I Won't Let You Down This Christmas, featuring Brendan Brown of Weedus off the brand new holiday EP titled Holiday EP. Really, really good one. Go uh, go check that out before the new year, and it will still... I mean, you can still listen to it in January, but like... You know, listen to it before the end of the month and uh, you're in business. But uh, moving on here, we got a little bit of music news before the end of the episode. And uh, this is a really cool one and definitely well worth your time to go check out if you're uh, on vacation or holiday here and bored. And uh, Jimmy Eat World have just released some really nice high-definition video of uh, full performances of last year's Phoenix Sessions. And the uh, band did three performances playing Clarity, Futures, and Surviving, all of their uh, records front to back. Uh, That was back in December of 2020, so it was about a year ago. And uh, all are now available on the Jimmy Eat World YouTube page. Go check out. And uh, if you are also, if you just want to hear the audio, the audio is also now streaming on uh, all streaming platforms. And uh, the band also just released some limited Phoenix Sessions merchandise, which you can go find on the Jimmy Eat World website. I mean, really good stuff. I was watching some of Clarity today. And, uh, I mean, it's so rad to see them play these albums front to back because, I mean, including Clarity, I mean, obviously they've, they've uh, I mean, really they kind of opened the floodgates for album anniversary tours, I would argue, back in 2009 with the first, uh, with the Clarity 10-year anniversary tour. But, like, still, I, I would say in the general Jimmy Eat World set, like, they do play songs off that album, but they play a handful that they always play. So, like, it was very rad to hear them play some of the ones that they never do and uh, same with Futures and Surviving, and uh, including Surviving, I've said a million times, really, I, I mean, they outdid themselves. One of the best later Jimmy World uh, records, and I think I think really, like, up there is one of my favorites. And uh, it was really cool to hear them do all of those front to back. And my God, do they sound good. That is, that is a band who I've never seen live, and I kick myself for it. Things seem to get fucked up every time I'm supposed to see them live. But um, they they just did so well. I mean, s- same again with Clarity. Like, don't get me wrong, they've played, they've done the album tours and shit. So it's not like these aren't songs that they haven't. You know, it's not like they haven't not played those songs within the last you know ten years or whatever. But still, again, like for being songs that they don't play on a regular basis, like they they had them down packed, like so cool. And I mean the the performance if you've not seen the uh, video i mean they, they didn't play with a with a crowd or anything like that it's uh really beautifully shot like really well done you know multiple camera angles and and just really the sound quality sounds great like can't can't say enough good things about it like if you're a jimmy world fan go check those out and uh again if you're just kind of if you got some time to kill right now you're on a you're on a nice little vacation or break um, it is a good time to like sit in front of your computer or on your phone or whatever. However, however you watch YouTube and uh, watch these because they are they are really fucking good. I got really stoked watching them. They're one of those things like like honestly, that's why I bring it up. Like I just watched it. Like oh my god. Like I mean, I love Jimmy Eat World, but it's one of those things you watch them and go, wow. Like like sometimes you just see a band play like when they're good live, it makes you like them that much more. I know I know my buddy Zach just saw the Dirty Nil. 
uh, for the first time earlier this month. And I mean, I, I've seen video. I've sadly never seen him live, but like what everyone says is how great they are live. And he's like, he was already a fan before he became a bigger fan after he's just like, dude, like they were just so good. It made me love them even more. And and I always love that about bands. There's certain bands that have done that for me too, where I was a fan already, but then you see him live, you go, holy fuck. Like I love this band even more. So uh, go check that one out. I feel like I've been talking about Green Day this whole fucking episode, but uh, I'm going to talk about Green Day more. And uh, in music news, Green Day recently uh, teased on Instagram that they're currently recording at RAK Studios over in London. And uh, in the teaser, they did a little video teaser. The number 1972 pops up on screen. And uh, what I have figured out, that is the year that all three members of the band were born. And uh, there's not much else to it besides that. I mean, just kind of connecting that, that that would be the reason that pops up there. But uh, they put that little teaser up on their Instagram. And uh, this would be the first one. This would be the first album since last year's Father of All Motherfuckers was released back in uh, 2020. And uh, I'm I'm excited for this. Like I said, I'm, I've been on a Green Day kick lately, which makes me a little more uh, excited. I, I think... Really, because Father of All Motherfuckers came out right around the time I started doing this podcast, and I just wasn't that. You can probably hear it. Like I, I'm just going on a whim here. I haven't went back and listened to it, but like, you know, I, I I'll always love Green Day, but like I don't think I was that interested in that coming out. I've since listened to the album. It's okay, but like lately, I don't know. I I think maybe just because I've been on a kick of them, and and like a lot of older stuff too. It's not to say they're gonna like write another album that sounds like Insomniac, nor do I expect them to. But like I uh, I either way, for whatever reason, you know, might just be listening to the older stuff lately. But like I'm excited to hear what they do next. I'm, I'm very stoked. I think they're a band. They'll still put out good songs, too. I know I know they become polarizing in later years, but like I, I still think even even the last few albums still have, you know, a, if nothing else, a few jams like Revolution Radio. I don't remember being particularly bad. If anything, I just say. I, I kind of forgettable just where I, I've forgotten a lot of it, but like there are songs that I do remember off and remember listening to where it's like, maybe the whole album isn't like a masterpiece front to back, but there's some damn good songs on it. And, you know, I, I think green day at the very least is still capable of writing some damn good songs on every album. And I also think of just still writing a great record front to back. Like I think they still have that in them. So, you know, I, I'm excited, you know, I, I kind of, I think when bands have been around for a while too, I, I think that is normal to kind of go kind of up and down with your expectations and your excitement for a new album, you know, including depending on whatever they released last, you know, how you feel about it. But, uh, I, I was going to say recent, it's probably, it, I think it was earlier this year, but that was the last time I heard father of all motherfuckers. And I remember going through the uh, songs just kind of randomly on YouTube and like, some of them just being like really the other thing is to be honest I don't know that any of them are that bad I think Green Day just you hold such a standard to them and you kind of you know you want you want a certain sound or a certain something from them that it's like honestly there's a lot of stuff that's more I think a lot of people's complaints are like they're more straight up rock and roll and kind of like experimental stuff that they've done kind of on more recent albums but like again if you weren't expecting just a straight up punk rock record from like Green Day. Like the songs aren't bad songs. I mean, even like Uno Dos Tres, like they uh, the, or Trey, I should say. Um, you know, like like for the most part, those those albums overall, like like I think I think you should whittle them down. And then you have like one really good album, but like 
even the songs I would take off, I don't know that I would even say they're terrible songs. They're just not great Green Day songs. You know what I mean? They might be good songs in another context or from another band. I might like it, but uh, it just has more to do with Green Day. But uh, I'm excited for this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if 1972, that's going to like, let us know the title of the uh, album or what, but obviously that has something to do with their, uh, with them all being born in 1972 and, uh, all of them celebrating their uh, 50th birthdays coming up this coming year. So, uh, I don't know. Like, again, I, I think green day is a band who's gonna, they've done it before, but it's like, I, I, I think, I think there's people, obviously they're still fucking huge. Like, I, I say it like they're the odd man out or they're the underdog, but like, you know, there's definitely Green Day fans, including older ones who I think have kind of ridden them off in recent years where I, I think before Green Day is, is done, I have no signs of uh, stopping anytime soon, but like I, I think Green Day might pump out a few more records before, before uh, you know, it, the end for them that uh, even old school fans are into. I, I, I think they're still very much capable of doing that. I think more than anything, too, they've just they've written those classic albums, and I think there's also a part of them with an album like Father of All Motherfuckers or, like, on the album trilogy where it's like, hey, we've kind of done that. Like, we're going to fuck around and do what we want. You know what I mean? Because, like, if nothing else, it seems genuine like they're having fun playing it and writing it. You know what I mean? Like, it never feels – I feel like if they wanted to do a cash grab – it would just be let's keep shitting out more things that sound like twenty, you know, like twenty first century breakdown in American Idiot. Like that would be the thing is keep writing albums that sound like just rehashes of that. Like the fact that they're doing different things, whether or not it's always you know your favorite thing they've ever done. I, I think they keep true to what they want to do, you know, and I, I can respect that. And I and I think that them being genuine that way is why I also think they will, you know, end up writing something that. No matter what era of Green Day you like, I, I think you'll end up falling in love with again. And maybe it'll be this album. Who knows? I, I'm excited to see what they do on on this next one, which uh, I'm sure we'll get here in uh, 2022. So I'd definitely put that on my uh, anticipated list. And uh, one last piece of music news and a very cool one. To celebrate 26 years as a label, assuming that I'm going to say they were probably going to do something this year and uh fucking covid kind of messed that up for them but uh celebrating 26 years as a label uh vagrant records has announced two shows next year in may and june with uh bands back from i mean really arguably the prime of uh of that label which is their uh, early 2000s roster and if you've not seen these lineups yet they are i mean if you're a fan of that early 2000s vagrant records which i am i'm a huge fan of uh, listen to these lineups. May 28th, playing in Irvine, California. Dashboard Confessional, Alkaline Trio, Thrice, The Get Up Kids, The Anniversary, and Hot Rod Circuit. And then June 11th in uh, Warsher, Mass. It's going to be uh, Dashboard Confessional, Thrice, Monine, The Anniversary, Hot Rod Circuit, and The Get Up Kids. And uh, tickets for that are on sale now for both dates. I mean, that uh, that sounds like a good time. Either of those shows sounds like a damn good time i uh you know all of those bands i'm definitely a fan of and uh i mean even more specifically on those bills uh hot rod circuit and the get up kids and alkaline trio and uh and definitely monin too because monin doesn't play a hell of a whole lot i feel like like they do things from time to time but they're not one you see a whole lot i guess none i mean hot rod circuit's another one you don't see a whole lot um i, w- I would say of all those i mean dashboard is uh pretty active thrice is pretty active they just put out a new record uh last month i believe 
And, you know, Alkaline Trio, not as active as uh, most fans would like them to be, but they're still active. But, uh, you know, the, the other ones, yeah, you don't and, – and the Get Up Kids, I, I should say the Get Up Kids too. I'd say they're pretty damn active. But a couple of the other ones in there, yeah, like, uh, you know, Monine and Hot Rod and uh, even the Anniversary. They do, they do some uh, shows here and there, but another one who's not super active, it's cool to see them playing. And I don't know. I mean, they haven't announced more dates, but I could see them doing a couple more throughout next year. I, I know this year they did release a few of their classic records on vinyl and uh matt pryor's been doing a podcast where he like talks to a bunch of uh of the artists from those like classic vagrant record albums they uh it, it's cool to kind of see him embraced again because to be honest like vagrant for a while they're kind of like wiped away. and i kind of talked about this i think on my uh on the label loyalty episode but like vagrant in the early 2000s i mean they they really even though i don't always think of them in the same like thought as like you know like your drive through records they really they really put out some of the quintessential albums of that time in pop punk and emo i mean that roster is and even before that like the the you know when they started out in the mid to late 90s like even that roster going into like 1997 to 2007 amazing roster like amazing bands amazing music just all around cool label and uh you know the last few years they kind of got more into i think like indie rock and like kind of not even the last few years like last decade or so um they were because i remember even like census fail put out the fire i think on vagrant records in like 2010 2011 and i think even at that point census fail was like the last band that was kind of a holdout of that old era and the hold steady I think was still on them on a uh, vagrant at that point. Like they, they're like the hold steady and census fail. I think were like two holdouts. And at that point, most of the other bands had either broken up or uh, had, had since signed other labels. But uh, you know, I think there was a time where they weren't, which, you know, I shouldn't even say embracing. I get it. You're moving on and doing something different. So you're not just going to stick in the past the whole time, but it is still cool as a fan to see them embracing that again, the, uh, I mean, really the era of the label that put them on the map, you know, the whole reason most people know what vagrant records is anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's cool to see that. And hopefully, hopefully we get some more. I, uh, probably not going to that Irvine one, but, uh, if I'm uh, still here on the East coast in June, cause I'm still trying to figure out about moving here right now, but, uh, I may, I may go to that Massachusetts, uh, show for sure. I got I got mush mouth there for a second. Um yeah, I mean I mean great. I just think of those bands. Hot Rod Circuit too is one. I've seen Andy Jackson uh do an acoustic set and played a good chunk of Sorry About Tomorrow, which was really, really cool to see. But I've never seen Hot Rod Circuit live, and I would absolutely love to see them live of uh of all those bands. If you go watch those old videos, I mean, my God, they were uh, they were great live. And Casey, their uh, lead guitarist, he does not get talked about enough when you talk about like live presence and shit. Like, just crazy wild man up there on on a guitar. Would love would love to see them live. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. I I will definitely try to uh, go see that tour if I am uh, in the vicinity of either of those, which would probably be the uh, East Coast show there. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. That is going to be next year, and that is going to be it for the Power Chord Hour podcast. And uh, this is our last one for 2021. Uh, Thank you very much for listening this year. 
this, if this is your first one listening uh, or your first episode you've listened to this year or uh, you, you've binged through the whole thing, whatever it is, I know we've picked up a lot of listeners this year. And uh, sincerely, like, thank you. So fucking cool. And, uh, you know, not, not the last one I, on, on the radio show this Friday. I'm sure I'll get even more sentimental and talk about the year and uh, just ending our, like, five-year anniversary and everything. But really, really cool year on the show. I mean, getting to interview some real, like, legit people like heroes and people I've been listening to forever. I mean, Richie Ramone, Greg Eklund of uh, Everclear, Victor DiLorenzo, the Violent Femmes. Like, these are people I've listened to forever. Um, I mean, even like Luke Bentham of the Dirty Nil, like being, I mean, a band who I say all the time is like my favorite who's doing it right now. Like, just being that fortunate to talk to them and uh, just talking, getting to just talk to people who listen to the show. Like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate when people just take two seconds out of their day, just be like, hey, like, I, you know, I really enjoyed this episode or I enjoy this band and stuff. And I mean, you know, obviously, if you can't tell from this show, I enjoy talking about music. So I like just talking to people about music. It's really, you know, I really, uh, to be honest, like our Twitter account was always like my least favorite because we just, you know, there really wasn't, to be honest, it was like mostly interaction. Like we really didn't have a lot of interaction on there. People weren't really like, you know, re- like either replying or even just really talking music and shit. And I've found like a really cool music community on Twitter who, uh, you know, has been really great to talk to. He can go on there and just like literally, and look at, I'm sure there's a bunch of people I talk on there who have never heard the show and never have any intent to listen to the show. But you know, I, we just bullshit about the replacements for hours. Like I can sit on there and just back and forth, back and forth about the replacements and whatever else, you know, and, and it's, it's really fun, you know, and some of them end up listening to the show and that's awesome. But I mean, even ones where you just get on there and it's an outlet, you know, just the fact that, you know, I have this show and I'm on I'm on Twitter promoting it and it just so happens leads me to to talking to different people about music that you know the music I love is uh, just awesome. So, it is great to be ending another year of doing the show and uh again, like the whole reason I'm doing it is cuz people are listening. I'd probably do if no one was listening, but uh you know, it makes me look, look a lot less fucking crazy that uh someone's listening to this. So, again, Thank you very much for making 2021 a rad year. And, uh, you know, it was a really fun time, too, to celebrate five years of doing the show. It, it really was. I got to say, I'm uh, I, I'm pretty proud and satisfied with uh, with the way the show's been going. And uh, and that is all thanks to you. So, uh, you know, if you want to if you want to stay connected, I'm being so heartfelt. And now it's now it's time to, like, ask you not to open your wallet, but uh, to go follow us online. I won't ask you for any money, but go follow us online at Power Chord Hour on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go follow us on there. It would be very much appreciated. Like I said, I've been on. Tw- I've been a lot more active on Twitter. That is a fun place for us. I feel like I'm always talking music on there. And uh, my hot takes, I was talking the other day about how if you think bass is quote-unquote easier than guitar, you're basically a shitty fucking uh, bass player, which is very true. If you ever hear a guitar player tell you, like if you're like, trying to learn music or something and like, Oh, you just learned bass. It's way easier than guitar. Far from the truth. Not, not true at all. No, not, not, not at all. That person is just a shitty bass player. And, uh, and I stand by that fact and it is in, in, it is in fact a fact. And, uh, and yeah, so follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can find the show on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to us there right now, but if you, uh, either way, go subscribe on our YouTube page. 
Uh, go subscribe, rate, and review the podcast anywhere you go listen to podcasts. We got new ones for you every Monday. If you're new to the show, maybe you don't know, but we got new ones every week. And a new radio show every Friday night, 10 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. And uh, this Friday, December 31st, 2021 going into January 1st, 2022. It is a four-hour Power Chord Hour special. I am spinning four hours of music from 2021 going through uh, my list of top 10 of the year and beyond, obviously, within that time. It's just going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good, a really good show. So uh, if you're not doing anything New Year's, which uh, with everything going on may not be the worst idea, to uh stay in the house this year you know may not may not be the worst time to uh lay low so i mean if you are or you know even if you do have a few people over and you're just hanging out throw it on listen to uh some music from the year but uh yeah that is on 107.9 wrfa in jamestown new york but you are probably listening to this somewhere that is not jamestown new york and guess what you can still listen you can stream the station on wrfalp Dot com. Go check it out, WRFALP.com. Just click the streaming button there, and you can stream the uh, station, all the other great shows, my show, and uh, all that good stuff there. Hit me up, PowerCordHour at gmail.com. Would love to talk music with you. And uh, I have a few PowerCordHour stickers left, literally just a few, so hit me up. i got to order some more, and I probably should do that soon. But until I do that, you got to you just hit me up now so I can get rid of what I do have. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that is uh, everything. Tune back in next week. I will be – it's going to be another solo one. It is me discussing my top ten albums of 2021. We're going to get very in-depth, probably sit here for an hour or so, and uh, just go down the list. I'm very excited for that. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Have very happy holidays. Hope you have a great rest of 2021, a really, really good 2022 coming up. And thank you so much for listening.